Thank you for tuning into the Monarch Touch podcast. This is the place where we touch hearts and transform lives. My name is Kendra, and I will be your host. If you have been listening to my last two podcasts, then you already know that our 17-year-old son has been in the hospital since the late afternoon of August 12th. But if you are just tuning in today, I'll give you a quick recap so you know where I'm going with this podcast. We brought our son into the ER Thursday late afternoon because he wouldn't wake up. And I knew that it was something really serious that was going on when a 17-year-old child doesn't protest about me getting him dressed. But then I thought, maybe it's not so bad as my husband lifted him up out of bed and Ethan actually began walking with the help of his dad holding his arm around his shoulders. But even though Ethan's eyes would open, it was like he wasn't there. At this moment in time, we didn't know the severity of what was going on because we had no knowledge of the importance of glucose or lack of it in this case. What we learned that night was that had we let Ethan sleep and just stay sleeping, first he would have gone brain dead and then his body would have just shut down. What we were perceiving as a healthy adolescent that boy would have just passed away in the night. And the Ormond uh, Beach Hospital transported Ethan to Orlando, and two and a half weeks later, Orlando had him flown to Philadelphia. There's a specialized endocrine team here at CHOPS, and we have come all the way here without the promise of insurance yet, in the hope that they can find this tiny little tumor on his pancreas, it's called an insulinoma. It's large enough to almost take his life, but it's so small that it has been difficult for anyone to locate, even with all this expensive, high-quality technology. Each test promise, each test brings promise and a new hope. But each time a test returns back with the news that they can't find it, we feel discouraged, frustrated, and just beaten down. One day, as I was laying on the couch one evening by my son's hospital bed in this unfamiliar environment, my heart was feeling so discouraged and I was silently praying for God just to show himself to me. I was feeling beaten down by all these unforeseen circumstances and truly abandoned by him. I was desperately needing something. I just didn't know how to articulate what that was. My husband and I walked back to the hotel late that evening and went to bed just feeling discouraged. We woke up the next morning and we ate our breakfast outside on the hotel balcony and I was just whining to my husband and trying to process, verbally process what I was feeling. But then he said a word and when he said it, I felt it pierce my bones and my soul and I realized this is what I'm feeling hopeless. I was feeling hopeless because I was putting my hope in outcomes, circumstances, and very specific results that were not turning out the way I wanted them to. Ethan wanted us not to come back until uh, back to the hospital till later on, so maybe he needed to process in his own way. My husband and I decided to walk a different way around town. We both were looking for some inspiration. We decided to go find the stairs of the museum that Sylvester Stallone climbs with the eye of the tiger playing in the classic movie, Rocky. It's my favorite movie and it's the favorite part. 
To get there though, we went through a really rough part of town. The buildings and sidewalks were long time neglected to put in a nice way. The cars were broken and beaten down and the people on the streets looked just like the neighborhood. The whole experience, it just felt like how my mood had been feeling. Instead of getting to climb those stairs, we had to, we were detoured because they had the All-American concert that was uh, getting ready to happen. And it didn't really hit me what I was experiencing until the detour led us to a walking path right next to the river that had just flooded two days previously because of the hurricane. The water was already receded, but the damage was still there. On this walk, the energy was contrastly different. These people wasn't letting the flood get in the way of their usual activities. They were walking, running, cycling, skating, and some were even volunteering to clean up the damage. As a whole, their energy was inspiring and uplifting. And this made me wonder to myself, what is the difference between one place and the other? These streets were so close together. The neighborhood and people in the first section of town had given up hope. We saw in the things they owned and how they carried their own bodies. They were going through the motion of life, but not living with aspiration and planning for improvements in their lives. At the park, that wasn't the case. The flood had damaged this area. There was mud everywhere, trees broken down, trash and debris everywhere. We could tell the current we could tell the current that the water went in because the fences, benches, and trees had become filters and collected the trash from the river. Everything that had been there previously was now leaning and falling over in one direction. And it was a mess, and yet the energy was alive. There was hope. People were out exercising to be healthy. Let me reword that. People were out exercising, hoping to be healthy. People were volunteering together, hoping for connectedness and hoping for a beautiful park again. Here is the important thing to note. Both vibes were contagious. How we felt about our own circumstances and our own mood depended on which side of the street we chose to stay. There is a psalm that I want to read to you where David speaks words that make me want to cry because this speaks very close to my heart in this season of my life. It's Psalms 42. As the deer pants for a flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O Lord. My soul thirsts for God and for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night. While they say to me all day long, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul. How I would go to the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God with glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude keep in festival. Why are you cast down on my soul? And why are you in turmoil with me? Hope is in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. My soul is cast down within me. Therefore, I remember you from the land of Jordan and of Hermon and from Mount Mizar. Deep calls to deep at the roar of your waterfalls. All your broken, all your breakers and your waves have gone over me. By the day, the Lord commands his steadfast love. And at night, his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. 
I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with the deadly wound in my bones, my adversaries taunt me. While they say to me all day long, where is your God? Why are you cast down on my soul? And why are you in turmoil with me? Hope is in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. The night I was laying on the hospital couch, I was questioning myself this very same question that David was asking himself so long ago. Why are you cast down my soul and why are you in turmoil with me? Many of us know our problems, our fears, our broken dreams. David is aware of the pain he is feeling and he doesn't try to hide his emotions. But if you really look at this verse, David actually isn't looking for justification for his broken heart and loss of hope. Instead, he turns to how he used to worship God when his life was going good and he was remembering why he worshiped him. Right now, I can acknowledge the pain I am feeling. My whole family has been shooken up. Every day feels unfamiliar and uncertain. And just like David's soul thirsts for God because he felt abandoned, I too feel at times like we are being abandoned by God. And like a deer panting at the streams, I thirst for God to reveal himself. Right now, I feel like I am drowning in financial and emotional debt. Deep calls down to deep at your roaring waterfalls. Walking along the river after the massive flood and I witnessed the damage of the waves washing over. It created so much damage. But just like the people volunteering their time to clean up that mess, so too must I believe that these waves are temporary. We clean up by remembering where our hope comes from. When God abandons us for a season, it ought to make us make it really clear where our hope truthfully is coming from. I'm realizing in this season, my hope had been coming from routines and structure in my life. My hope had been coming from familiar and predictable places. My hope had been coming from growth and an improved life. My hope had been coming from great health and my family. And because, because when all this had been taken away, so too had my hope. David finally acknowledges that even when he and other people do not see God, his hope was still found in him because this was the only place of his salvation. And when we put our hope in the only thing that matters, we stand taller. We take care of ourselves and don't neglect our responsibilities. When our hope is in God, we live life stronger, not weary and beaten down. When our hope is in God, we live as though today matters, and so we take care of the gifts we are given. We clean up, we help one another, we move with confidence, and we sing praises regardless of our circumstances. This season has been my greatest test of my faith, and I have become witness to all the holes and blemishes in that faith. I'm thankful to God that he calls me to have hope in him and not in myself. How about you? Have you found yourself in a place where you ask yourself, why are you cast down among my soul? And why are you in turmoil with me? And to put it in today's language, have you asked yourself, why am I so depressed? Why can't I feel happy? It's easy as believers to think you will always be strong in faith regardless of circumstances. But life is not always kind and there is real suffering going on. When you feel beaten and broken down, where will you turn? 
What side of the street will you choose? As I was laying on the hospital couch, I realized the hopelessness I was feeling was because I lost direction. Yes, I need help. My family needs a lot of help right now, but my hope should never lie in what I need help in. Instead, my hope is in the Lord, the God of my salvation. Again, I shall praise him. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you were in the Central Florida location and looking for a massage, God willing, we will be back home soon with our son, and I will be getting back to work. For now, though, you can visit my website at monarchtouch.com. Thank you for tuning in today, and if you like this show, please share it with a friend. Wherever you may be listening, please subscribe and give it a five star so that other people may be able to find the show and also receive support for their wellness. And if you are listening on Apple iTunes, would you leave a review that may encourage other listeners to tune in? If you have thoughts you would like to share, you can go to the Instagram or Facebook page, Monarch Touch, and leave your comments there. I appreciate you. And until next time, go out and make it a healthy day.